Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Euro Trips Football Podcast. In this week's episode, we are going to go through things such as the Champions League, uh, Bundesliga, Serie A, La Liga, Premier League, the title races in both Italy and England, and also the relegation fight at the bottom in the Premier League as well as Arsenal's disastrous week. So, um, hope you enjoyed the episode and let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. It's now April, so it's crunch time in the world of football. I'm your host, Andy, and I am this week, as ever, joined by my regulars, Jonathan, Ryan and Naeem. How are you, boys? Doing good. Yeah, not bad, thank you. I'm all good here. Well, I'm surprised to hear you two saying you're all right after the... No, we're not talking week. about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I it's such a weird thing to happen. Even I'll go into it later on, but even the results down the bottom were strange as well. So um, it's been quite a weird week in terms of the Premier League. But let's start off with the Italian football. So Ryan, we'll go to you first. Um, it's been I, I saw the results. It's been a bit of a strange one this weekend. Some big results. So what's been happening in the last mm. seven days in Syria? <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, I mean, we start where it matters the most. Obviously, the title race in Earth. They were the first team in action. Uh, uh, they took on Verona at the San Siro, with the Nezazuri coming out on top, 2-0 winners. Nicola Barella and a 36-year-old Edin Dzeko scored the goals. It seems to be getting better every season, almost. Um, brilliant replacement, it seems, for Romeo Lukaku, who's obviously not doing very well at Chelsea. But the big question was, did Milan and Napoli respond? No. Napoli, they got beat 3-2 at home to Fiorentina, who put in a proper performance with two of their January signings on the score sheet in Jonathan Acuna and uh, Arthur Cabral. Uh, Cabral's goal in particular was very, very good. Um, already looking like a, a good replacement for Dusan Vlahovic. Um, later that night, Milan, they dropped points away to Torino in a game that severely lacked quality from both teams. Uh, Milan just I don't know there was just something missing from their performance so uh, the top of the table is still relatively the same even though those results obviously went in its way Milan they still sit top two points clear of Inter and Napoli who are both on the same points although you know they do still have crucially that game in hand so if they do win that they'll have the advantage um, going into the last six games but Six games is a very long time, so it'll be interesting to see how the teams at the top hold their nerve. But in terms of the other uh, other parts of the table, Juve, they won away to Cagliari uh, to pretty much seal that fourth place and Champions League football for next season, meaning it's now likely between Roma, Lazio, Atalanta and Fiorentina to fight it out for those remaining European places obviously Europa League and Europa Conference League. Uh, down at the bottom, if Venezia win their game in hand, they'll be level on points with Cagliari, meaning it could be a big end to the season for those two teams. 
the teams at the bottom have, you know, pretty much gone. Uh, we've said that for a number of weeks now, and Solana Turner and Genoa. So um, I think it's now pretty much between Venezia and Cagliari, unless a couple of teams above lose every single game. But yeah, it's uh, still very much all to play for, and you can't really, as we have seen all season, predict any result this season at the moment. Um, especially going into the last six games. So, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, you mentioned uh, AC Man, something was missing. What do you reckon is missing for AC Man? A good goal scorer, I think. Um, obviously, they have Olivier Giroud and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Obviously, Ibrahimovic is not the same player he was, and Giroud is just not a consistent goal scorer. He's not someone who's going to bag 20, 25 goals a season. No, as Arsenal fans, me and I know that full well. And mm-hmm. that's what they're missing. You know, I, I tweeted actually earlier on to Alex, who obviously spent, uh, mentioned Darwin Nunez, who's obviously been in the news over the last sort of week or so. A lot of clubs interested in him. And I think he would actually be a perfect fit for Milan. Uh, they need an out-and-out goal scorer. They have Rafael Liao, but he seems to be more of a winger at the moment. He's almost, at the moment, the same as Thierry Henry when he was at Monaco. He's like that left winger, and it might take him a couple of seasons before he transforms himself into a proper striker. But for me, they they could do with a, a, a proper goal scorer. I think Ibrahimovic will stay there for another season. But, they need they need someone who's going to score more goals, and obviously they they're going to need to get a midfielder in because we know Frank Kessie is going to go to Barcelona. But uh, at the weekend, you know they've got you know they've got easy games. Milan there at home to Genoa that should be three points. In or away to Spezia again that should be three points. It's Napoli who have the hardest game there at home to Roma who are really un- unpredictable. At the moment, because you know you've got Tammy Abraham, who's had a really good season for them. You know he, he is scoring goals, but you just don't know how they're going to play one week to the next. We saw in the Europa Conference League they got beat by uh, Bodo Glimp. Obviously, you know, a group stage game that uh, you and I saw, you know, mm-hmm. earlier on in the season on our YouTube channels. So you you don't. I mean, they did win at the weekend. Nally away to Sampdoria, who themselves aren't in really good form and Mkhitaryan did get the goal but I don't know, they're just not a team that you would put you know, any kind of faith in at the moment Yeah and you mentioned Darwin Nunes he of course scored golf Benfica in that 3-1 loss for them of course we'll record this podcast tonight on a Tuesday night so when this podcast is released it'll most likely be at least today's game's done um, so Villarreal lead 1-0 against Bayern as they head to the Allianz and tonight as well Real Madrid host Chelsea hoping to um, keep that event going and get the win there um, and then obviously tomorrow we see the Atletico play City at home uh, with a 1-0 lead they're trying to get back and then Liverpool host Benfica with a 3-1 lead uh, same thing as Madrid um, do you we also I think you can probably assume that Madrid are probably through and you probably would assume Liverpool are as well. But the two games to me that are very exciting are between Bayern and Villarreal and Atletico City. They're only one goal between them. Both teams at home looking to try and get back. So, 
terms of that, I mean, obviously, no one, no one would be shocked if City beat Atletico Madrid, but obviously, people will be shocked, I think, if, well, definitely, if Villarreal beat Bayern Munich. So, do you guys see Villarreal actually coming through and winning this game, or do you guys think, same thing in the last round for Bayern Munich, they'll just come through and win this game with no problem? I think, um, so in the first leg, Villarreal, they should have easily won about 2 or 3-0. Um, Bayern Munich, they, they, didn't, they didn't look that great in the first leg. But obviously, with, with a narrow one 0 lead, you, you would expect Bayern Munich to um, to turn it around. Obviously, when you get to my, uh, my league, Villarreal did actually make eleven changes on the weekend, um, so that you can tell Emery's obviously focused on the game tonight. So, I think I think Bayern Munich will turn it around, but I wouldn't be surprised if Villarreal do do get um, do go through because Emery's got a good record in Europe. Um, I know it's mainly more in the Europa League, but you know, he's, he's with that team he's got. You wouldn't expect them to get to a quarter final. So, I think if he gets his tactics right and his game plan right, I think they can they can go through to the semi final. And I don't think anyone that have started the season would have thought that they would have gotten this far in a competition. But it just shows how good Emery is in Europe. And obviously, with Nagelsmann, he hasn't he's got experience in Europe, but obviously not to the extent of um, United Emery. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and. Um, I put. I want to keep an eye on that game uh, more so than the Real Madrid Chelsea game because that seems like it's over. But you never know with Chelsea, do you? So yeah, yeah. And in terms of, I go to you, Jonathan and Ryan as well. In terms of the other games, um, obviously Madrid, Chelsea, and Liverpool, Benfica, the two that are most likely to be already done. Do you either of you see any way those two teams don't win, or can you guys see it just being normal? Service resumed. I really don't see Liverpool losing at all. Um, they're just too good, um, too big for Benfica, and I really see them going through with ease, um, especially against you know with that strong performance this past weekend against City. Um, I could see Chelsea potentially making some sort of move, but I still feel like Real Madrid um, is going to go through there. And similar to Naeem, you know, I don't think. It's going to be a 7-1, um, another Bayern 7-1 victory in the second leg, as I just think you know, Unai's tactics are, are too good. But I think Bayern at home, and especially after another poor performance from them this weekend, they'll, they'll feel even more encouragement to, to put up a big result this week. Yeah, and you mentioned a poor result, Jonathan. We might as well head to your league in Germany whilst, whilst we're on the topic. So what's been happening in the last seven days in the Bundesliga? Well, this is my first podcast, uh, just to start off, I'm actually reporting from Germany. I'm currently in Freiburg, which is oh, wow. uh, very cool, and I'm planning to go to their game this weekend against Bochum, but yeah, this past weekend, it was really great to see because it really felt like that first weekend back where, you know, every single every single ultra section, you know, stadiums across the country were just packed, um, and so it really felt like Finally in Germany, you know, England's been back for a while in other leagues, but this really, really felt like we're back this weekend, and, and the football was fun to watch. Dortmund started off by beating Stuttgart 2-0. Um, Julian Brandt had a brace, and Gio Reyna came on. You know, he's had several hamstring injuries in the last few months. He started, and then two minutes in, another injury again. Now he's out for the season, so... 
you know, it's it's tough to see, especially for a guy this young, you know, one of the, the best players to come out of the United States in a long time. But it's a very, very major concern for him to, you know, have so many of these types of injuries in the second half. We've seen him cry a couple of times now coming off the pitch. And, you know, it's, it's not fun to see for such a young player. You know, Holland really didn't do too much. He had that first assist to Brandt, but he's on a bit of a drought here with a four-game um, goalless run. Uh, Florian Mueller wasn't very good, especially on that second Julian Brandt goal, but a solid win for Dortmund. Gladbach beat Firth 2-0. Um, pretty simple there. Firth will definitely be going down after the season ends. Uh beat Mainz in a big comeback. They were down 2-0, and they came all the way back. Robert Settner, Mainz goalkeeper, didn't have his best game, especially in the second half when Cologne scored all those goals. And Kilian actually scored the 82nd, 82nd minute winner against his parent club. So that was kind of funny to see. But yeah, Mainz lost a couple of games in a row now, haven't won in, in quite some time as they're continuing to slip down the table and they're in 10th now. Bayern beat Augsburg 1-0. You know, not a not a good performance coming off against a, a very very weak game against Villarreal midweek. You know, you felt like at home against Augsburg, they're going to put on a nice show before the second leg, but it, it wasn't the case. Lewandowski penalty saved them in the end. You know, Kimmich had a couple of great chances that you know wasn't able to quite take advantage of, but. They did get lucky. I mean, that Reese Oxford handball, Augsburg defender, gave them that penalty late in the game. And, um, you know, Augsburg goalkeeper Rafael Gikovic was very, very solid, but still not good. I know Augsburg is a side in the Bundesliga that's won the last, the last couple of games and is in a bit of form, but, you know, it, it's not good. But at the same time, you feel like they're just going to play that much better because whenever they put in a couple of really, really poor performances and the fans start to rile up what's going on. They turn it back on again and the machine starts humming. Wolfsburg beat Armenia 4-0. Very important win for them. Uh, Lucas Mecha had a brace. He's been excellent. Um, coming over from City in a classic Maximilian Arnold free kick, which was nice to see. Bochum tied Leverkusen 1-1. They, Musa Diaby scuffed a penalty. Not a, their best game. And Freiburg beat Frankfurt 2-1. There was actually, you know, another protester situation of actually two people this time tying themselves uh, to the goalposts, which, you know, stopped the game for a few minutes early on. But super sub Nils Peterson did it again, came through in a big away win for Freiburg and their hopes to, to secure a Europa League competition. Leipzig smashed Hoffenheim 3-0. Uh, I say it every week, but Nkunku does wonders for my fantasy team. I'm, you know, it's just like Angelino last year. He's he's incredible. Um, can can do no wrong. It was nice to see Marcel Hausnerberg have his first goal in, in a while, and a great one on uh, the third goal from Mohamed Simakan as well. And finally, possibly the biggest game, just because of its significance, was the Berlin derby. And it was a one-sided show. Union beat Hertha 4-1. Uh, gosh, Union's away section just gave me chills. I mean, to see them up there and, and just massive. Hertha Stadium was finally full after a couple years. Um, it was great to see, and they put on a great show. Uh, easy win for them. Felix Magnet, I guarantee you, will probably kill those Hertha players this week in training. Uh, that pretty much sums up the weekend. 
Um, Leipzig and Frankfurt also have Europa League second legs this week. Um, I, I do expect Barcelona to go through against Frankfurt. You know, Barcelona was complaining that uh, the pitch wasn't how they liked it. It was too slow, and you know, clubs are known to you know cut their grass differently or do certain things like this. And and I guess that did not fit Xavi's style. Um, so I think on their faster pitch. And I still think, you know, even though they're at home and, and everything about it, I still think they'll squeak by Frankfurt in the end. Leipzig Atalanta will be will be a great contest though, and what uh, wasn't a lot of goals in the first leg, but I expect a lot this time around. Um, and that yeah, that's pretty much it. A couple of transfer questions where will bonus Borna Sosa go has been a great left back for Stuttgart. There have been rumors that Rafael Guerrero is out at Dortmund. Uh, ben Sabayini from Gladbach might be coming in uh, as a possible center left, left back. So um, some summer moves are coming, and we'll get into the end of the season here. And, of course, Bayern do play Villarreal tonight. And uh, Naeem did allude to earlier the fact that they made 11 changes on the weekend. So, Naeem, uh, what's been happening in the last seven days in La Liga? So yeah, the first game kicked off with, on Friday night, saw Sevilla take on Granada at home. Uh, they had to obviously leave it late, 2-2, secure a 4-2 win. Uh, second half substitutes, Rafa Mir and Alexander Gomez scored in the 93rd and 99th minute respectively to make it 4-2 win. So obviously, like I said, it was the first win uh, in, in four games for Sevilla. Next game on the weekend saw... Real Betis take on Cadiz. That's, uh, Real Betis had to come from behind to make it 2-1 thanks to a penalty from Borja Iglesias. Mallorca, they took on Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid actually suffered their first defeat in six games where they last lost to Levante at home. On the other hand, Mallorca got their first win in eight games in the league to move out of the relegation zone, uh, one point off the drop zone, so they're still not safe yet, but that was a crucial three points for them. Uh, like I mentioned before, Villarreal, they took on Athletic Club. They made 11 changes to the side that was beat by Munich midweek. They was actually held to a 1-1 draw with the only goals in the game coming from Raul Garcia and Alfonso Pedraza. Real Madrid, they took on Getafe at home. They earned a 2-0 win as they draw closer to their 35th La Liga title. In the second half, Benzema, he got substituted for Gareth Bell and... As soon as Gareth Bell came on, obviously the jeers started from the Real Madrid fans and uh, Gareth Bell, he kind of just smirked himself because I don't think he really cares, to be fair, um, too much. The next game saw Asasuna. They had to leave it late and scored a 92nd minute winner against Deportivo, who obviously are rock bottom still at the moment. Ante Budimir, he scored the winning goal. Same thing happened with Espanyol against Celta Vigo, a narrow 1-0 win. This time it was an 89th minute winner from Wu Lee. Next game saw Elche. They took on Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad came from behind to win 2-1 to keep their chase for Champions League football up. Uh, Guido Carrillo put the host in front before Alexander Soloff and Robin, Robin Normand made it 2-1 before half-time. So there was no goals in the second half. And they won 2-1 away from home. So last game... On Sunday night, saw Levante take on Barcelona. Obviously, Levante, they're trying to fight to stay in the league. Uh, 
Levante actually there was obviously there was no goals in the first half. It was nil nil. A few few chances here and there. And early in the second half, Levante were awarded a penalty. Um, Luis Jose Luis Morales converted from the spot. Four minutes later, there was actually awarded another penalty. This time, Roger Marte stepped up, but Testegan saved the penalty as he went the other way. This time, uh, Barcelona responded three minutes later with a Bamiang. Uh, scoring a header from a Dembele cross, they're uh, reliving their Dortmund Dortmund days and um, linking up well. As Aubameyang's obviously been there since January, Pedri then made it two one a couple minutes later after coming on as a second half substitute, and Levante were awarded another penalty in the game as a third third of the game. This time, Gonzalo Malero sent to Sagan the wrong way. So, as the game went on, Levante thought they had secured a well-earned point against Barcelona, but late substitute Luke de Jong netted the winner to, to make it 3-2 from a draw the Albacross. This is actually de Jong's third goal he has scored in stoppage time this season. So, yeah, he's a bit of a super sub at the moment. Rayo Vallecano there took on Valencia in the last game yesterday, and it was a 1-1 draw. So yeah, that's a little roundup of what's been going on this weekend in the Liga. So I'll quickly just run through the table again. Not much has changed too much. But so yeah, um, like I said, rock bottom is Deportivo. They're on 22 points. Same with Levante, who also won 22 points as well. Cadiz in 18th place. They're on 28 points. And Mallorca and Granada are in 16th and 17th place respectively on 29 points. So it's going to be out of those five five teams obviously to see who's going to be staying up. Seventh place is obviously Villarreal. Um, doesn't look like it, it's going to be. A, they have a slim chance of obviously getting European football next season, unless they win the Champions League. So yeah, we never know. It could happen. Stranger things have ha- have happened. Sixth place of Real Sociedad. They're on fifty four points. Real Betis in fifth place on fifty six points. Atletico Madrid after their loss, they're on fifty seven points. And in second and third place, Barcelona and Sevilla are on 60 points. And 12 points in front and top of the table still is Real Madrid on 72 points. This weekend, Real Madrid do take on Sevilla. So you expect them to win, but you never know. They could drop points there. So, yeah, not much not much change um, in the La Liga table. Um, like I said, Real Madrid, they've only got seven games left and... I can't see them dropping too much points now. So, yeah, their probably main focus now will be on the Champions League. And they have got one step into the semi-final with that 3-1 win last week. And a hat-trick from Benzema. So, yeah, we'll see what's going to happen in the coming weeks. Mainly relegation um, spots and the chase for Champions League spots from the other, uh, from Real Sociedad, Betis and Atletico Madrid. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you, men, you mentioned it in the um, in your roundup the fact that Bale got booed. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah. And, and I know Casemiro's backed him up in recent days, and he made a good point that he is part of Madrid history. I mean, he scored, uh, well, uh, he scored an amazing goal in the Champions League final. Um, and if he scored, I think he scored even two. I know he scored definitely one, maybe even two. And then he had a big part to play in there winning the Copa del Rey in his first year mm-hmm. uh, or second year, whatever it was. And I just think that 
I mean, I'm saying this as a Welsh point of view, so obviously I'm probably maybe a bit biased towards Bale, but at the same time, I think everyone realises, apart from Madrid fans, how good he's been for that club. And yes, it's not worked out the last few years. And yes, injuries, and he's been there probably longer than he should have. But to get a booth like that when he's been such a big part of the team, for me, is just mind-boggling. And I feel... I, I say I feel sorry for him, but as you said, I don't think he really cares about this. I don't think it really bothers him. I think he's grown past that now. We all saw that with the Welsh, Wales Golf Madrid thing. So, yeah, big up Gareth Bale. I know he's leaving in the summer. And Ange Dottie said about how he wanted to end on a good way. So, hopefully, the Jews do end. And I do think that when he leaves in a few years' time, they're going to really realise what he did for that club. Yeah, um, done a, yeah, like you said, he's done a lot. You know, he's scored, I think, three goals in Champions League finals. Um, so, yeah, the, Real Madrid fans, they, are, they can be quite ruthless anyway, to be mm. fair. So, like you said, I don't think he really cares too much. Like He's he's probably one of the best better British players that have gone abroad and he's done quite a lot, a lot and he's won countless of trophies with them. So, yeah, that, that, I think that's why he was really smiling, to be fair. It's, it's not going to affect him too much, to be fair. He's... He's, he's done a lot for them anyway, and yeah, they're, they're a bit quick to forget at times, but yeah, fair play to him anyway, man. He's a good player. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think, you know, he's not, he's not first, I think he's firstly the best Welsh player in terms of actually playing for Wales. I think Giggs is on paper the best player, but he never did really play well for Wales, whereas mm. for Bale, his best performances in his career probably have come in a Welsh shirt. But looking at his stats now, he's got 106 goals and 67 assists in 258 games. So that's a lot of games. Obviously, a lot of these games were probably a few years ago would have been much more goals to game, better ratio by him because obviously now he's now playing a few games mostly off the bench. He probably hasn't got as much of a good goals to game ratio. But that's, even with that, he's still got a goal every two and a half games caught into this. So yeah, for me, Bale, wonderful player, wonderful British import into this into Spain. I think he will be one to be remembered. But his former league, the Premier League, um, was, of course, resuming on the weekend. And the Friday game saw Newcastle beat Wolves 1-0, thanks to Chris Wood penalty. And then Saturday saw the big shock result uh, as Everton beat Man U 1-0 with a goal from Anthony Gordon uh, with a really poor performance from Man U. I thought they were really toothless in this game. But the shock continued. I mean, we mentioned at the start of the pod, but Arsenal did lose 2-1 at home to Brighton with goals from Trossard and Wepu before a late consolation goal from Martin Udegaard. A big thrashing at St Mary's as Chelsea beat Southampton 6-0. Uh, two goals from Timo Werner, two goals from Mason Mount and a goal from Kai Havertz and a goal from Marcus Alonso. Um, Southampton, for me, I might do this next year that every year I think they always guarantee at least one thrashing from a big team or from any team. So, um, yeah, I think... Maybe betting on them to concede six, seven goals is maybe not a bad bet to make next year. Um, Watford's problems continue. They won. They lost three not home to Leeds with goals from Madrigo, Rafinha and Jack Harrison, which probably secures Leeds survival. And then Spurs got a full-nil win over Aston Villa. It was a hat-trick from Son, as well as a goal from Dejan Kuliseski, who was having a brilliant start to life. He scored three goals already in a short space of time. And according to FPL, he has seven assists as well. Uh, but the only bad news from his game came in the form of the injury to Matt Doherty, which is also really bad for my team on FPL. But he has been ruled out for the season. Um, so he's been a big resurgence recently in the Conda. He's been a big part of that, of that attack for them. So big loss for them. And then Sunday, we saw four games. Uh, the early game saw Brentford beat West Ham 2-0 with goals from uh, um, Ivan Tony and Buemo. Uh, Leicester beat Palace 2-1 
with goals from Jewsbury Hall and Adola Lugman, as well as a consolation goal from Wilfred Zaha. The other big shock result of the weekend saw Burnley, who of course day one at home to Everton 3-2 on the Wednesday. On paper, they played Norwich thinking, easy win. Not quite that, not quite that how it happened. They lost 2-0 at home to, away to Norwich with goals from Lees Malou and Timo Puki. But then the big game came on Sunday at half ball, one that everyone in the world was watching as Man City and Liverpool played out this game and they finished 2-2, which is probably, for Liverpool's point of view, we probably were fortunate to not be red-carded, first of all. I mean, the goals came from Kevin De Bruyne, who got a goal really early on in the game before Sadio Martin, before Jota equalised after an assist from Trent. And then Gabriel Jesus capitalised on some poor defending as he gave him a 2-1 lead into the half-time break. But then 40 seconds into the second half, Sadio Mane got on the end of a wonderful Mo Salah assist to um, get the equaliser. Of course, the two big talking points were the potential red card for Thiago and the potential red card for Fabinho. Um, For me, I thought they were both red cards, so I thought we were very fortunate not to get a red card. I think if that was the case, we probably would have lost that game. So it makes, of course... The weekend very more interesting next weekend. The fact that we play them again in the FA Cup semi final that'll be at Wembley on Saturday at half three, which sounds weird to me. Um, and yeah, that's obviously the big game on the weekend as well as the um other game on the Sunday between Chelsea and Crystal Palace. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Of course, on the same day, we're going to see Spurs play Brighton at half 12, Man U play Norwich at three o'clock, as do Southampton against Arsenal and Watford against Brentford before Sunday. As well as the FA Cup game, we'll see Newcastle, Leicester and West Ham Burnley. Before then, we see some good mid-week, mid-week games, which we will probably cover next week anyway. Uh, but, yeah, exciting times for the league. I think it's going to be a really exciting title race. Relegation, same thing, and top four. So it's going to be a really exciting end to the season in the Premier League, which everyone's going to be watching. So that has been this week's slightly shorter uh, Euroships podcast. But be sure to check out next week for more content and more football reviews. I have been your host, Andy. This has been Ryan. This has been Naeem. This has been Jonathan. And we will see you next time.